You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And thank you to the Mudbugs for playing us in. This is the Sneaky Good Podcast. I'm your host, Poser, and I am in the middle of nowhere. Almost literally. I'm in central Texas. I'm outside underneath a whole bunch of stars. So if my audio is terrible, it's because I have no Wi-Fi. But know whose job it is to fix it? It's my producer, Chris. (laughs) I'll, I'll do what I can, but some things may be beyond fixing. Yeah, some things might be beyond fixing, so this will not be the most pristine edition of the Sneaky Good Podcast. I've been drinking a lot. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I've been shooting guns today. Uh, you know, I'm, I've had a pretty full day, and that laugh out there is from someone who objects to Texas gun culture, our Canadian. <laughs> How's it going, Seth? <laughs> What's going on, you guys? Uh, it's going pretty good. good. And in the in the middle, someone who's kind of in between on Texas gun culture. <laughs> <laughs> For the wilds of Maryland, there's Jake. How's it going, Jake? I am good. So, um, pretty good football game, huh? Classic. Yeah, that was all right. <laughs> it was all right. <laughs> I, it was one of those games where I, I'll put it in perspective for me because I. Wasn't able to watch the first half. I was at an event. <laughs> I know this is terrible. My uh, um, my in-laws were having their fiftieth wedding anniversary, and they had this party scheduled three months ago. So I had to go to it. And I got in the car after the event. It was seven to seven when I got into my car. LSU scored a touchdown as I entered my car to make it fourteen seven. By the time I got home, it was 35-7, to and the game was already over. Good grief. I mean, it was over uh, a lot before that, to tell you the truth. game was over when it started, frankly. Yeah. That's probably the best game I've ever seen LSU play. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. And the funny thing is, they they punted. They punted on their second possession. Second drive, yeah. And honestly, because I rewatched it knowing they were going to blow them out. There were a couple of moments in the first half where it could have gone another way. Oklahoma almost intercepted a pass when it was 14 to 7. That could have been a pick six. They could have called that pass interference on Derek Stingley, would have kept their drive alive. I mean, there was a couple of plays where you're like, hey, you know, maybe this wouldn't have been a blowout. But you, you look at it in its totality, nothing was going to stop that. Uh, LSU just got the ball, and the only thing that stopped them really was an injury to Damian Lewis. They put up 49 points. 49 <laughs> points in the first half of a playoff game against a top four team in the country who has a top, I mean, not a great defense, but a top 30-ish kind of defense. And they scored 49 points. 
which is more than like all but two, 49 points in the first half is like the third most in all of the college football playoff games ever. Like, they put 500 was, yards of offense and a half. Yeah, it, it was all, the, the entire second half, both teams were running out the clock. It wasn't just LSU running out the clock. It was Oklahoma saying, you know, get us out of here. We'll run out the clock, too. That is how badly they were beat down. The entire second half was garbage time. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is it reminds me of, I mean, it, it, we talked about how the old Miss game could play out very similarly to the Oklahoma game, like before the game started, and that's kind of what happened. But the thing is they just, LSU just suffocated them in the second half like they didn't do to Ole Miss. But it, it was the same game because Ole Miss only got back in the game because they were hitting big plays in the run game. But LSU was not going to let that happen again. So Oklahoma, again, like Ole Miss, their only chance to get back in the game because Hurts is just not the passer that they've had the past two years. So the only chance they had to get back in the game was to run the ball and hopefully get explosive plays like Ole Miss did. But, th- I mean, that was it was never going to happen. I mean, really, C.D. Lamb, he's legit. He made that great catch early on that set up their touchdown. He made some big plays, got over 100 yards receiving. But other than that, it they did not look like they belonged on the same field. They didn't. And Oklahoma. And, and to them, I don't know if anyone did. Like I, I don't know if there was anyone. I don't know. If, I don't think there was anyone out there who belonged on the same field as aside from the two other teams in the semifinal. No one outside of Oklahoma. I don't like. I don't think. I don't think maybe Oregon would have made it a bit more respectable in terms of the score. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like on that just, day, it, it's hard it to imagine. Happen. Who would have made that game close on that day? LSU was just on a mission. Yeah, I will say that Oklahoma kind of is not good, though. They are not the same Oklahoma team that they were in 2016 and 2017. The whole line is not good enough, and the quarterback play is not good enough to compete um, with a team that's as good as LSU and a team that was as good as LSU was on Saturday night. I I don't want to take anything away. You know, I mean, obviously, this is... I thought LSU played just absolutely unbelievable, but I don't think Oklahoma is really or was really the number four team in the country. Someone had to be the four team. So I don't want to... Who else was it going to be? I mean, like, let's face it, Georgia had a good claim, and look what we did to Georgia. Um, I think the thing with Oklahoma is they're a team that's used to being far more talented than the team they play. If you watch the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma beat Baylor basically by just being more talented. And I know that sounds stupid, but, I mean, that's how they won. Baylor, I think, had a better game plan. I think should have won that game. It's just that Oklahoma just had an overwhelming amount of talent and you just can't compensate. They're a bully. When they played a team like LSU who had more talent or even the same amount of talent, Oklahoma just had no answer. They're, they're just not used to guys being able to rush their quarterback while also putting press coverage on their receivers. Like they just don't know what to do in that kind of situation because they don't play teams that can do that. I mean, they play like this year, maybe they didn't, but I mean, they've played out of conference Ohio State the last couple of years, and they've been in the playoff a bunch the last couple of years. And they they played Texas, who has some comparable level of talent. I think the issue for them is 
they do not on the offensive side of the ball they have the same talent on defense they don't they are extremely deficient defensively in terms like their defensive line is it's small i mean like chris curry is lsu's fourth string running back and they played him as i mean he got all basically the entire game at running back and he had like four and a half something yards per carry and ran him over basically because he's just bigger like they are extremely undersized defensively and I mean, the, the secondary, I don't think they were, like, I mean, they were undermanned a bit. I, I don't think that was so much the issue as much as they just, there's nothing they can do to get to Joe Burrow. And if you can't put Joe Burrow on the ground, it's over. It doesn't matter. If there's just nothing you are going to be able to do to fix it. So I think, I think the issue is they're just not, they were not equipped in the front seven to, and I know they're missing, you know, Ronnie Perkins, but they're, they're undersized and... Like their defensive recruiting is not up to that sort of part. Offense, like offense, sure. The last year they had the best offensive line in the country, and they've had the, obviously the amazing quarterbacks and the great wide receivers the last couple of years as well. CD Lamb, uh, Sterling Shepard a couple of years ago had some great running backs as well. But yeah, on, on the defense side of the ball, I don't, they're not at the talent level that they probably need to be. Um, and, and they, I mean, they basically admitted that. Like Oklahoma. I don't think they really – they basically – bringing in Hurts was trying to win while reloading on the fly. I don't think they thought this year was a year for them to really challenge for the national championship. But they got through the Big 12 uh, slate and ended up with one loss, and there was no one else. I mean, Oregon played themselves out of it because they had two losses. And so there was no one else to really in Alabama played themselves out by uh, two getting hurt losing to Auburn, and so they they got in. Um, yeah, they weren't a you know playoff kind of team this year. They just happened to be the team that was there to get the re-rendered by LSU. Yeah, there there was essentially three playoff teams this year. But can we appreciate the guys who stepped up in this game? Like Patrick Queen uh, became kind of a center. Uh, a focal point because he ran his mouth a little bit before the game and he backed up his talk. You mentioned Chris Curry. He was just gashing the Oklahoma defense. He four string running back and he has a huge games. And of course, Justin Jefferson over 200 yards receiving just a monster kind of game. It wasn't just the stars who showed out. I mean, Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow, but it was everybody stepped up their game in this one and when LSU's role players are having great games you're in trouble because the whole point is hey don't have Jamar Chase beat you and then Justin Jefferson goes off like that yeah and, and they LSU the second that Turner Yell was not going to play in this game it, it was over because you have to commit so many resources to stopping chase um on the boundary on the weak side that now you you want to be able to like at least play once in a while one-on-ones and stuff to the um, to the wide side of the field which is where jefferson is but if your best player out there isn't playing the guy who's going to be covering jefferson it's over like it's just over and they totally picked on um, I think his name is Justin Broyles. Absolutely destroyed him. And then the nickel got injured. Uh, sorry, the nickel got got ejected. 
I, it was it was. But that's the type of thing where it's like a normal team goes and finds a guy to pick on, and the guy finishes the game with you know eight catches, maybe two touchdowns. All Justin Jefferson did was have fourteen catches and four touchdowns. Like this is LSU being a complete bully against a team that's undermanned, just like they did against Vanderbilt, just like they did against Ole Miss, just like they did against everybody this year. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like I, I criticize Oklahoma for being a bully, but LSU was bullying the number four team in the country. I mean, think about that. And said, and I mean, said they were going to do it. Yeah, beforehand said, this is how we're going to beat you, and then went out and beat them like that. They were better. They knew they were better, and then went out there and showed they were better. It was a complete demolition that should not happen against a top five team. Like, it wasn't a fluke. And the offense, you know, the Oklahoma offense, again, we'll go back. Yes, it's not the NFL talent on O-line plus an NFL quarterback back there. But they still finished the season once or one or two on in offensive S&P. It's not like they were a bad offense. Yeah, they were number one in yards per play. This was a yeah, great offense. And LSU just completely shut them down. Yeah, they, they had. And they are an offense that can't play from behind because they're, they're based on the yeah. running game. And once they got down big, uh, the game was essentially over. And, yeah, it, it it, it, it's amazing to see LSU not just destroy a team, but destroy a team that's that good. I mean, we're, we're you know we're criticizing Oklahoma, but Oklahoma, the Big Twelve, you can mock the Big Twelve, but they're still a Power Five conference. It's a legit conference. It's certainly better than the ACC, probably better than the Pac twelve. They ran roughshod over that conference. The only team in that conference that gave them any real trouble was Baylor. Okay, and then they, you know they lost the game against Kansas State, you know, just because they have a tendency to lose their focus. And LSU just went in there and destroyed that team. Uh, it's it's truly amazing what they did in that game. I think Oklahoma really highlight like obviously Joe Burrow is maybe having the greatest quarterback season of all time, but I think it highlighted the Oklahoma highlighted how. You really need an elite, elite, elite kind of quarterback to win the national title these days. Like, you can't... Like, Jalen Hurts is a great college player, and he's a fantastic athlete and a great runner, but he's just not enough there as a passer to win the national... You can't win the national title with a guy like him as a passer, who LSU basically said, beat us with your arm, and he couldn't do it. You, you can't win the title without those guys anymore. You know, it's like like Alabama winning national championships with AJ McCarron or Jake Coker or whatever. That's not that doesn't really. You don't you maybe don't need like Joe Burrow putting up these numbers, but you do need an elite passing. And LSU's obviously got a huge advantage in that department. But yeah, the big thing was that LSU dared Oklahoma with Hurts throwing the ball. And they couldn't do it. I'm driving to the game. Oklahoma runs the ball three times and goes for minus eight yards. And that just that set the tone. They were going to sell out to stop the run. And they easily they pushed Oklahoma's offensive line. Around. And they dared not beat him with the arm. And aside from one throw that Hurts made to Lamb, where Lamb got matched up on uh, Jacoby Stevens, that was it. They did. And that throw, I feel like LSU lined up late. Like, they, they didn't get the call in on time. 
I mean, I mean, look, it was a, it, it was a, at the end of the day, kind of Jacoby ended up in good position, but I do remember them being kind of out of sorts and the ball was snapped and then CD line was kind of right up on Jacoby. And then he, then, then he made a good play. Like it's, it, it, it is what it is, but that, but that was it. After that, there was nothing. Yeah, great players going to make great plays. And also, like, look, Jake just dogged on Jalen Hurts. He was a Heisman finalist. Like, we're talking about, oh, you need an elite quarterback. Like, Jalen Hurts was in the running for the Heisman, and that's not good enough. Like, that's how good Joe Burrow is. Uh, it's He is totally on a different level, and I know two weeks from now, they're going to play a quarterback who is kind of on that level in Trevor Lawrence. But... I kind of don't want to get into that now, but I do want to talk about just appreciating this year. Uh, Burrow has, yeah, I think earlier this year we were talking, hey, this might be the greatest LSU quarterback ever. Is this the greatest college season ever for a quarterback? Uh, He makes it look so easy, man. He makes it look so easy. Yeah, Hurts is, it's, I don't, I don't want to like overly criticize him. I think it's just more like he was a product of the system kind of more than anything else to some degree. I, I, he, he just he, he kind of would because he's in that offense. I mean, he is, and he's a great runner, but you just at this at the tip top level, you kind of saw the difference. And I mean, and Joe, I mean, Joe Burrow's better than like everyone um, to an absurd degree, but you did see, I think, difference in that in that game. I mean, some of the throws Burrow made are just. Like the one to Jefferson for the I don't know like the fourth or the fifth touchdown or whatever was just yeah the fourth one yeah. it's, it's, the third and the fourth one yeah just the yeah, fourth both touchdown first, like back shoulder yeah. <laughs> I mean it's yeah. like I, I have a question for Seth because he's kind of the the quarterbacks guru I mean like I'm not entirely joking when I say what quarterbacks have you seen that have had better college years than Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, in my lifetime, I don't know if there's anyone. It's because I keep going back to the same thing where it's like they keep throwing the ball down the field. And, you know, Tua has like the highest rate. Like, I think this year, if he if he would have qualified, he would have had the the highest, you know, passer rating in NCAA history. And I think last year, maybe he also owns the record. I'm not really sure. But, like, you know, we always talk about with Alabama, it's like they're always throwing these bubble screens and then the receivers are taking them 80 yards. And that's not the case with the LSU. As we saw again this week, everything is down the field. Everything is at least a five-yard route. There's no wide receiver screens. There's no running back screens. The Jefferson touchdowns were all, I think, at least 12 yards past the line of scrimmage. It, it I, I don't know. I've never really, I've never really uh, seen anything like this before, and I don't even know if we will again. I don't think it's super repeatable, because like, like I, you know, I said this early in the year. At, at one point, teams started kind of playing LSU like they were playing against the Mike Leach team, and dropping three and this and whatever, and. You know the the Mike Leach quarterbacks. They put up a lot of stats against those three man rushes, but they're not efficiency stats. They're just stats because they just throw it and throw it and throw it and throw it and throw it. But Burrow is still throwing for. I mean, he, he's going to finish the season. Uh, sorry, a, after the um, semifinal, he's at twelve point six adjusted yards per attempt. Like that's nuts. 
he's doing this. He threw the ball beautifully when teams just kind of played LSU straight up, and then teams started playing LSU all funky, and he's kept throwing the ball efficiently. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't. You, you probably know more about the history of the game. So like, you tell me if there's ever been another quarterback like this before, because this is unbelievable. Yeah, like I mean, you think. Cam Newton, Vince Young, but they're different kind of players. I mean, they're not so much great quarterbacks. I mean, throwers. I don't want to say they're not great quarterbacks. That Let's scratch that. They're great quarterbacks, but they were more than just passers. They were guys who did stuff with their legs, and they were just great college players, and they were impossible to stop. So what I tend to think of like recently guys who were just like transcendent players at, from the quarterback position, I think Vince Young, I think Cam Newton, maybe Tim Tebow. Uh, but again, that's a guy who just burns with his legs and they could throw okay, or at least good enough for college. I'm trying to like, from an actual historical perspective, the only guy I can really think of Jim McMahon, Steve Young, those BYU quarterbacks in the early eighties, because at that time, no one had seen an offense like the one LeVar Edwards was putting out there. And I mean, those were NFL quarterbacks in a really funky system and they just destroyed college football. But I honestly, it's like you really hit on the things that gets me about Burrow. It's he has these efficiency stats, but he's not doing it in the way that you think a guy would be efficient, which is dumping it off to running backs or throwing bubble screens. He's efficient throwing it 20 yards downfield. It's crazy. He's yeah, and, and he's kind of I, I find that he's changed his game a little bit to compensate for the fact that. He's not allowed, defenses aren't allowing him to kind of throw in rhythm. And so sometimes I, you know, like, I'm not trying to like criticize the guy too much because I mean, like, it's not, I'm not every play is perfect, but at the same time, like, over the course of pretty much every game, it's been perfect. So, like, but what I find is happening now is he knows that they're not going to get to him right away. He's so confident in himself that sometimes he'll pass up some opportunities early on uh, in the play to wait around and then hit a bigger play. So that would be my thing where I'm like, oh, as a quarterback coach, I'm like, oh, well, you got to throw this, you know, once you hit the end of your job or one hitch and throw this. But he's been so good at just waiting around. And what it's doing is it's allowing LSU to hit even bigger plays down the field. Instead of taking that 15-yard play, it's going for 25 over, you know, over the DB shoulder. It's it's special. It's really special. Like, no one else I've yeah, never I, seen anyone else do that before. I, I love the pick-your-poison that he has, where it's like he yeah. was a certain quarterback early in the year, and I remember joking, I forgot what team it was, and said, oh, we're going to blitz your quarterback. And I'm like, well, please blitz him, because that's... I would love it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's exactly how he kills you but instead they came with the auburn strategy and let's give credit to auburn that was a good strategy rush three it works for auburn because they have three elite rushers and put eight in coverage yeah and what's so great about burrow is like okay i'll beat you that way i'll just wait out because my receivers are so good eventually one's going to come three and you won't be able to get pressure with three guys and you're right. It's his confidence, but it's his ability to adjust. He's like, oh, this is what you're giving me. This is what I'll take. And most quarterbacks can't do that. I mean, they'll, they get panicked. You, you know, you mentioned rhythm. Rhythm is an important thing when they're getting thrown off their yeah. rhythm. And, and cool. he has, 
he doesn't care. Rhythm is is a loss for Joe Burrow, and it's and it's making him better. It, yeah, it, it's ama- The rules do not apply to Joe Burrow, and this season has been so much fun. And that's really what I want to get into is just how much fun has this season been, and have we truly taken time to appreciate it? Because look, LSU might be really good next year, and they might be good the year after. But it'll never be this. And have you taken the time to just step back and be like, oh my God, we're just hammering teams. And in a fun way. I think it really like set in like the last, I don't know, like month or so. I mean, because they were for the first eight weeks of the year, they were a great team. They, they were like a, this is one of the best teams in the country. You know, they beat Florida and Auburn, two great teams. And I think they played them. I mean, I don't want to say they played them like close, but I mean, like Auburn played them close and Florida played them kind of close. But LSU beat, you know, impressively beat good teams in good fashion. And then they went and played Alabama. And, you know, obviously that was an incredible, maybe still the game of the year. And they won that. And that was a great performance. And then, you know, you had the Ole Miss game, you know, which was kind of a bit shaky there. And then since then, Arkansas awful obviously but they beat by 36 they beat AM by 43 they beat georgia's number 14 in the country by 27 they beat oklahoma who's number 14 in the country by 35 and it's like it's just they're getting better as the year has gone on and they're just destroying teams like it went from they were wow this is maybe the best team in the country to wow this is one of the greatest college football teams ever and yeah and now that the like, defense is coming on. Mm-hmm. And that the offense just didn't, like, <sighs> slow down. Like, it, that, like, and not only did it not slow down, it, in some ways it feels like it's getting even better than it was, like, even earlier in the year. Um, and, like, we can, it's just, it's not how, you know, it's normally supposed to go. You know, normally you're supposed to, yeah, your team kind of fades down. But, like, you look at Alabama last year who, might have had the best college offense ever. Like it, it faded for them once they hit November a bit. Like they played LSU and they put up twenty nine, which is still very good. But they played Mississippi State and they put up twenty five. Um, you know, they kind of look at some of the other Heisman kind of winners. You know, you look at Oklahoma in 2000, 2003, You know, the Oklahoma team that was putting up sixty and seventy week after week after week, and then they got to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship and obviously one of the most shocking upsets ever and then uh, lost LSU in the national championship game. So any kind of team that's been like this, it's th- this kind of juggernaut normally, with some exception of like a few, like 01 Miami or 95 Nebraska, they all kind of, there's a hiccup, there's a spurt there where it kind of clogs up, mostly because these are college kids and that's what's supposed to happen. You know, you're not supposed to maintain this for, more than 15 weeks because it's, you know, a 17, 18 week season and they're doing it. They're getting better. And there has not been any one moment of where it looked like this thing might stop. They it never, yeah, never LSU. really once looked like, like, like LSU's trailed. Like, I think in like one game, like the Auburn game was, I think the last time they've trailed. Yeah. And LSU has not played a game. LSU has not played a game in the second half where the other team has had the ball and they had a chance to tie or take the lead. Since the, I think once in the Auburn game, a team had a chance to tie. 
and that was early in the third quarter. Other than that, they have been up by two scores every time the other team has touched the ball the entire season. Uh, that's how bad they're killing teams. There have been no close calls. That's incredible. And like people talk about the defense, and I think that's been way overblown. It's mainly that we're used to such a standard of the defense. This is not the 2011 defense. But at the same time, like, there's never been a problem with the defense. The defense has not failed at any major point. You know, it got killed against Ole Miss when they were up by 20 points. Whatever. Who cares? The moment for me when I knew this year was going to be special was actually pretty early. My mom tends to call me, like, at halftime of games. And it was the Florida game. She called me up at the half, and I felt Florida had played a perfect first half. Everything they wanted to happen happened. Everything they needed to go their way went their way, and it was still tied. And my mom called. She's like, I'm kind of worried about this. I'm like, this game's over. We've already won. And that was the moment I knew that this team was just so special because I wasn't even worried against Florida, a team that has really bedeviled LSU over the past couple of years. And Florida needed everything to go right and it was still tied, and you knew in your bones it wasn't going to keep going that way for them. And since then, LSU's just been unbeatable. It, this has been just a joyride all season. The, the Florida game is, is amazing because right now it's Florida is about to beat, well, it looks like they're going to beat Virginia in the Orange Bowl. So LSU played a team that's going to finish in the top 10, winner of a New Year's Six Bowl. In that game, they ran. Wasn't it something like they ran forty-five plays and scored forty-five points? Mm-hmm. Like, about yeah, I think that's right. Like, about like, average was like eleven play. yards per play or something. That's not a bad team. <laughs> that's and they did that to them. And like you said, after that, it was like, oh, this team is not just. It's not just, oh, now we throw the ball and we're really good. It's like, oh, this team is one of the greats of all time. And Jake putting them, you know, in the same sentence as 01 Miami and 95 Nebraska, that's right. You know, for for the narrative, they will have to beat Clemson. Obviously. You do. You do have to beat Clemson. It's simple. For sure. But if they do, then they're in the conversation of top. Top yeah, five, top good. ten teams of all time. They have time. the greatest season ever. If they beat Clemson, all right, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but if they beat Clemson, they will have beaten six teams who finished in the AP top ten before bowl season. Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven top ten teams. No, seven was Texas is the seventh. They would have beaten seven teams who were top ten when they played I, I, them. I, I, right. I don't, think, I, I don't want to count. I don't like – you can do this without counting, te- like, a bad – Yeah, like, so that's my like, – like, Ex- exclude Texas. I'm talking final yeah. AP poll six. AP poll. That is amazing. Six. <laughs> six. And they're one of them. So there's yeah. only three teams in the top ten they didn't beat. Because they're one of the three. <laughs> they're one of the ten. Like they, They'll have beaten, if it happens, I mean, to close the season, they'll have beat the number four, number four, and number three team. Three straight like games in succession. They'll have beaten a 14-win team. A twelve, a t- potentially two twelve-win teams. So Oklahoma won twelve games. Georgia, if they win the Sugar Bowl, will have won twelve. If they win the Sugar Bowl, won twelve games. 
and Clemson won 14. So they could beat a 14 win team, two 12 win teams. Alabama could win 11 games. Florida looks like they're about to win 11 games. So they could, I mean, and Auburn be, will have a tough one against Minnesota. Let's, let's, I'm not going to count that as a win right off the bat. Auburn, Minnesota will be a tough one, but still, the point holds. LSU's played a monster schedule. Which made the whole Ohio State thing silly. There is nothing like that. Be, like, no one's ever beaten six of the regular season top ten on the AP poll. Potential. I mean, it could be six of. I mean, if if they all win, it could be six of the final like poll period. Yes, I, I, that's, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it is possible. If Auburn yeah. and Bama both win, it'll be six of the top ten. It'll be six of the final top ten if they beat Clemson. That that is a monster accomplishment. So yeah, like, I don't know if, are, are they better than 95 Nebraska? I don't know. Probably not. Like, but would they have had the greatest season? Yes. They Essentially, they are finishing what, the job is to finish what the 2011 team didn't. The 2011 team was probably going to have the best season ever. Yes, the 2011 team would have beaten three or four conference champions. I mean, they were on pace for the greatest season in college football history, without question. And I, I do think you said it right. They're finishing the job that 2011 left undone. That's exactly what they're doing. And, and this season's maybe better than that one, which I, 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 I mean, we said for a long time that I don't know if anyone could ever do what that team did when they beat the Orange Bowl champion, the Rose Bowl champion, and the National champion. All in one year, this team could do beat the Sugar Bowl champion, the Orange Bowl champion, pack the Big Twelve champion, the um, Fiesta Bowl champion, Clemson, Big Twelve champion, Oklahoma. On top of that, it's a unparalleled. They'll be the first SEC team to go. Maybe the first SEC team to go fifteen and zero. The second Clemson did last year. And to me personally, it's harder to win the national championship right now than it's ever been. If in the BCS era, LSU like would have only had to win one game, they would have had to play Ohio State. Uh, they only would have had to play beat one top three or fourteen. Now you have to beat two. And I mean, you think of who else you has to beat. They would just beat a twelve-win team by thirty-five points. Now they have to beat a team that hasn't lost in two years. <laughs> I mean, it's and a team that has you know, I mean, is ridiculously talented. Um, has NFL pros all over the entire field. So, like, it's it's harder. I mean, it's harder than, you know, in the Poland Bowl era where, you know, you could basically claim a national championship pretty much for anyone if you wanted to. And, like, it's the talent level among these top teams right now is it's that, that's concentrated among these LSU, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. I mean, it's really kind of stretching past even the other teams in the top 10, you know, a Florida, a, you know, Oklahoma, to some degree, even though I think Oklahoma's a bit better than that. But, you know, some of the other teams in, the, in Auburn, for example. So it's it's so hard to win it now. I mean, that's all that LSU has had, will have had to do to win the national championship. And it's, it's ridiculous to think about that you have to do accomplish all of that. And it, it really sets them a part, certainly in LSU history, and in SEC and national history, too. Yeah, I would say that I think 
I think the 2011 team is the greatest team in LSU history, even though they didn't win the title. And I would take this team every day of the week and twice on Sunday over the 2011 team. Mm-hmm. I think if they played on a neutral field, I think I think 2019 would just crush the 2011 team. Offense. <laughs> I mean, the offenses would just... This offense is not going to be stopped by any team. This is one of the best offenses that college football has ever seen. So even though 2011 had such a great defense, I just... No one stopped these guys this year. Nobody. So it, yeah, it, I, it's not possible. I agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's not possible. I don't think there's a way to do it. Hey, look, Clemson's got the number one defense in the country. So if anyone can do it, it'll be Clemson. So we'll we'll see what happens. And unless anyone wants to talk basketball, let's do questions. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to something uh, we talked about at the start of the podcast, uh, Brian Arbor asks, on Saturday, we saw the greatest half of football in LSU history. What did it replace? And he gives three examples. The first half against Virginia Tech in 2007, the second half against Miami in the Peach Bowl, and the second half against Georgia in the 2011 SEC Championship. And he wants to know, are there any other candidates? Those are those are a good three. Yeah, I mean, my my recency bias tells me Georgia, a because it was the SEC championship game, b because, I mean, I guess this is I'm thinking about the whole game, but just how that game turned was special. Even though that I think I mean that was still the first half, but that that game turned on a dime when when Matthew took it back for a touchdown. So for me, I don't know. I'll say that second half is, is the best one. Yeah, on top of my head, I would say the Miami Peach Bowl because I think LSU killed the dynasty on that day. But it's, it's very rare that you murder a program. That's a good one. And I really, I really feel LSU buried Miami that day. If you want to go back like in history, I mean, maybe when the, the Oranges rain game against Florida State, that second half when Dalton Hilliard ran for like 200 yards. I mean, but... There's not a whole lot of other options. I mean that that. I mean they just killed them. I mean to to beat a, a nationally ranked team forty nine to fourteen in a national semifinal. I honestly don't know what compares to that. Like all the ones like again like Virginia Tech one was twenty four nothing. The Miami Peach Bowl was twenty to three, and it's like and you look at this one, they scored forty nine points. <laughs> I, I just cannot wrap my head around 49, seven touchdowns. Like, LSU And they punted. Yeah, they scored a touchdown, <laughs> punted, and then scored a touchdown on every single drive the rest of the half. Yeah, and speaking of the punt, uh, Zach Von Rosenberg made a point of tweeting out his thanks to Joe Burrow for letting him uh, be credited with being in the game to that punt. <laughs> See, that, that's, that's the old man right there. Just being thankful, sending out thank you cards. Take a note, people. You gotta show gratitude where appropriate. That's right. You remember your manners. <laughs> okay, Max Toscano asks. Obviously, we have a chance, but how are the confidence levels? Oh, God, I, for me, it's off the charts. I mean, I know Cle- Clemson's a really good team. I'm not going to try and say Clemson's not good. And this is going to be a walkover. But right now, I, I think Clem, I think LSU is one of the best teams of all time. And honestly, so is Clemson. 
but my confidence level is about as high as it could possibly be. So speaking of confidence level, and going back to, to Brian's question that we just talked about, about the greatest half of football, we all agree that the top three teams, the top three teams, and then there's a vast separation between them and Oklahoma and everybody else. Do you see Ohio State and Clemson doing to Oklahoma in a single half of football what LSU did to them? No. Absolutely not. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's where my confidence comes from. I, I just think I'm not quite as confident as Jake said. No one can stop this offense, the offense, but no one's done it yet. So maybe he's right. And I think this is this is where Joe being a 23 year old really helps us because you know you look at the the game, uh, the Fiesta Bowl, and those are two really good quarterbacks that played in that game, and Clemson. Um, actually didn't do that great a job against the Ohio State offense. But they got fields just enough. You know, I look at, I'm, I'm staring at the screen now. I'm watching the Isaiah Simmons interception. They caught him. They trapped him. They caught him. And Simmons got the interception. That's not going to happen to Burrow. He's too wise for that. So this is a very, really, really good defense. Uh, great defense. But they did give up some yards and points to Ohio State. And in fact, Ohio State really really should have put that game away by not settling for field goals early because uh, they really moved the ball. So if Ohio State can do it with a sophomore who's very, very good and kind of without the, um, I'd say without the receiving core that LSU has, even though Ohio State's receiving core is very good. I mean, look, all, these teams are all in the top five every year of recruiting. So they have players coming out their rear ends, but Burrow as the fifth year senior, I think gives us the ultimate edge, even against such a good and challenging defense that Clemson and Venables uh, gives you. I don't want to like, cause I know we're going to preview it like next week, but I just, the, I like the matchup more than I do. I would have against Ohio state. I think Ohio state, I'm not, I'm not, I don't. Th- I'm not, I don't think they're a better team than Clemson. I think those teams are probably about smack dab equal. I think the matchup was more tricky for LSU against Ohio State than it would have been against Clemson, both offensively with what Clemson does offensively and how they challenge you offensively, and then how. Um, they have like built in, you know, hot routes to get the ball out quickly. You bring pressure and don't get home with it. Well, you're never winning a matchup one on one with these wide receivers. I mean, like, like Joe Brady said it best. Like, there are no one on ones in LSU's offense. It's one on. Like, they they're not trying to beat you with your their best guy against your best guy. They're going to get their best guy open and they call your long. And yes, I mean Clemson's it comes as an amazing team. They're fourteen zero for a reason, and they they certainly have a. Even even all even among these elite teams, kind of all to themselves, some sort of championship mojo or moxie where they just they believe fully that they're going to win, and they always find a way to win. Uh, but LSU's conf- LSU's is confidence is just off the charts. I mean, they they told Oklahoma they're going to whoop them, and they whooped them. And uh, I, I, LSU it seems equally as confident, equally as loose. So yeah, I mean, 
I'm not. I never get like too overly confident, but I, I a I mean it's hard to bet against this team. Period, and b if they ever play Ohio State. Yeah, and that's kind of where it's like the team is so. It's like business trips. This is a team. I mean, they're jacked. They're excited, but this is a team that had that has been laser focused on the national title. By being laser focused on winning just the game in front of them and not worried about the game after it. Yeah, exactly. And that's how you win a national title step by step. It's like eating an elephant one bite at a time. So tied into. Max's question, Rich Miller says, is it weird that I have no anxiety? I just don't want the season to end. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that, that makes me feel sad, too. Suck. This is the last game. Yeah. Because yeah, like you said earlier, it's not gonna, yeah. it, it won't be like this again. I think LSU has built a... LSU's never had a, a run sort of like Clemson has had or Alabama's had the last couple years. Like they've had amazing runs, but there's always been a you know an eight win season kind of that popped up there. Which is a that's how normally it goes for being an amazing like the standard that like Clemson, Alabama have, or even Oklahoma to lesser degree is ridiculous. But like, I think LSU is there. Like I, I think LSU is going to win ten plus games next year, and I think the way they're recruiting and the coaching staff hires they have and everything that. You know, when you hear or read like stuff about what Coach O's doing, like I'm fully confident that they've reached a different level as a program than maybe they have even prior to this. During the last 20 years, it's been a golden age for LSU. But you don't get this team again. Like you're not going to get Joe Burrow ever again. I mean, it's he's just crushing every pass possible. You're not getting. I mean, it's the first offense ever to have a 5,000 yard passer. 1,000 in rusher and 2,000 in receivers. I mean, it's just all of that's just not going to happen. It just it doesn't get better than this. And so that's what's, you know, yeah, it is kind of sad that it is ending or has to end because it's like, man, this is like this win or lose. This is the team that we'll be talking about for 40 and 50 years. Like, that's how amazing it's been. Look, the first one's always special. And even if LSU continues on this run and you know has gone to a next level, it's the first team that the people that will always remember in a special way. Yeah. And also, like, who's this is a team that has the Thorpe Award winner, the Bolitnikoff winner, the Heisman winner, and the you know the award for the best offensive line in the country. You know they ha- they won the award for best assistant coach. They had head coach of the year. You're never gonna have this. Again, and just also, this is the revenge tour. You're never going to have one where you know we're going to pay back Florida for that homecoming. We're you know we're going to pay back A and M for putting the score on the cups. We're going to pay back Alabama for eight years. Uh, we're going to pay back Auburn for just being Auburn. Um, <laughs> I mean, like this year was special, and it's never going to be quite like this again. And that's you know. Yeah, you got to cling to it. Just one more game. Enjoy the enjoy that one more game. But yeah, it's kind of it is a little bit sad. Well, looking through the questions, I probably should have led with this one rather than closing on it. But our own podcast wanted us to tell people how to find the podcast in iTunes again. And so, if you're are in the Apple ecosystem and you're using iTunes on the desktop or their podcast app on your phone, just go into the podcast section of 
the iTunes store and search for And the Valley Shook, and we should come up with all of our episodes. And that's it for the questions. And with that, go Tigers. We'll talk to you next week when we go to the ship. <laughs>